This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Hey, hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And today I'm really excited to be talking to Carly, one of my down under clients who it's great to see her face again. Carly came to start working with me, I think it was like June of 2020, after we had had done a couple single sessions together prior to you working with me. And it was such an awesome journey that you had. So I brought Carly on the podcast because I really wanted to share what transpired for her in the six months that we worked together, because it was really profound, the results that you got after kind of a year of dragging your heels on, do I work with Lisa? Do I not work with Lisa? So first of all, introduce everybody to who you are and give them a little bit of your background and where you were when you reached out to me and some of the conversations we'd had before you decided to dive into working one-to-one. Hi, my name is Carly. Um, I live in Sydney, Australia, and I met Lisa in the TCP circles. So via Lisa Cordoff, <laughs> I stepped into one of Jim's containers and Lisa automatically, um, I connected with the comments and and how you were responding to some of the issues that I was having. I was fortunate enough when you launched your podcast, I think it was a couple of months into your podcast, you ran a competition. Yeah, I won a coaching session with you. And I'm pretty sure I cried for a whole hour <laughs> in, that, in that session. So it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that I was just not aware of really in my life, how I was operating in my own life, how I was showing up in my work, in my home, with my children, with my husband, with my colleagues. And so I bravely stepped off the ledge and jumped in and invested in myself with one-on-one coaching with you. And it was um, the best decision I ever made because I was looking at other areas, things that I wasn't able to uh, sort of get myself out of self-sabotage and whatnot into a business that I've been trying to create for some time in property development. And we had a conversation. You gave me your time generously when I was having a bit of a meltdown one day and you questioned me on why going into another course to learn sort of technical aspects versus dealing with what I was actually struggling with internally and what made me think I was going to be able to take those steps without dealing with those things first. So there was a fair bit of avoidance going on. We certainly (laughs) addressed a lot of that as our time spent together continued. 
you are so much like so many of the women I work with. You're a doer. You're an achiever. You like big goals. You like getting things done. Like it's just, it's how you're hardwired. But what happens with many women that are just like you is we want to go in the courses that are going to teach us how to do the doing. And there comes a point in time where no amount of doing is going to move you from point A to point B. And you are looking for more strategic reasons. And, you know, I gently called you out on what if it wasn't about having more strategy, because I know what you're capable of. I knew what you were capable of, but you were just kind of spinning your wheels and not wanting to address the things that you really needed to address because it really wasn't about doing more. So what's amazing is, you know, before we hit go on recording this, you're now like you've closed on your first real estate deal. So that in six months to take you from spinning your wheels, following through on doing the things you said you were going to do. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that looked like? Because we really had to get you to put down many of the plates you were spinning. Yeah, we did. Um, There was a level of inconsistency because I was, I just kept adding things to my plate. Um, So I was focused in all the wrong places um if you would call it focus and it wasn't what you really got me to do was set boundaries and containers around my time so I was able to if it's the right word compartmentalize where I was focusing my time and energy and it could it was pretty clear to me really early on when you started setting certain tasks that I one wasn't appreciating the amount of time certain things took. I was flitting from task to task. I wasn't setting containers around certain things that I was doing. I thought I was really good at setting boundaries. Turns out I had no idea what a boundary was. So what it really looked like when we got into the work was, okay, this is knowing and under, or having clarity around exactly what it was I needed to get done every day, irrespective of whether I felt like it or not. And that was a big problem for me. I had no idea how much I was living in. don't feel like doing that. So I'll just push it to the side and I'll focus on the easier task of just getting other stuff done. Yeah, the busy work. Uh, the busy work, yeah. And so being able to really sit down and, and compartmentalize the time and go, okay, this is what I've got to get done. This is the time frame. So get your ass in the chair, Carly, and do the work. So it's a- important to note, like you have a full-time job too. So this was about helping you commit to building out this kind of side business, which, you know, who knows what that's going to grow into one day. I can kind of, you know, I've got my crystal ball but really helping you get discerning about the tasks that were going to move you forward. And you said something really important, the time it took you to do things. So what I find with many of my clients, and this was also a huge thing for me, is I so underestimated how long things were going to take. And then I would be hard on myself that I couldn't get everything done. Mm-hmm. And this is what was happening for you as well. Like you had this expectation that you should be able to tick all these boxes off in a day in, instead of really sinking into, okay, well, what's realistic? And when you let go of that expectation, then you actually started ticking the boxes. 100%. 100%. And that was the thing. It was 
okay, I'm going to just load all of the the to-do list up and not focus, well, I would have, you know, all the things I needed to get done in a particular day, but then I would do the easier stuff first. And so flipping that around into, okay, just get the more important things that are, is this going to move me forward? Is it not? Okay, move it down the list. Let's go for the things that are going to move me forward. That was a key, key change for sure. So many of us, and I know that this was part for you, is it's getting caught in that busy work so that we can tell ourselves, right? Like you were telling yourself the story that you were doing the things and then you could be hard on yourself that you weren't moving forward. But the truth of the matter was you weren't doing the things that were going to move you forward. You were just doing the busy work for the sake of, you know, being busy and filling that time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It was, there was an element of just, yeah, keeping busy for the sake of being busy and actually not really achieving much. And it, it gave me the stick to beat myself up with it. Right. It just wasn't, I wasn't giving myself the time and the space just to sit and do the work so I could be proud of myself. And when I started to make those changes and just to focus on doing the hard thing first, I felt so much, like, it was like a, a whole new level of space was created because I realized just how much I was churning my wheels. What you said there was so important is that you allowed yourself to do the work that would let you feel proud of yourself. And right. the habit and behaviors that you were caught in prior to that were doing the busy work that allowed you to set unrealistic expectations so that you could stay stuck in the behaviors that kept you feeling less than good enough and being hard on yourself and then around and around we go. And for so many of the women I work with, and this is, you know, you were included in this. It's the belief that if you're not hard on yourself, if you're not beating yourself up, if you're not setting this, you know, high level of expectation for yourself, what's going to motivate you to do the work? 100%. Right. So unraveling that story. So when I talk about doing less better, that's really what this was a matter of. Like, let's get really honest about what you need to do and get your butt in the seat so that you can do that uncomfortable work. And in the process of doing that, you got to feel proud of yourself. You put deposits into your self-worth piggy bank, which then increased your worth and your esteem, which makes things so much easier moving forward. So we got kind of got all that cleaned up. We're working on the stuff, you know, in your personal life. And we also had to look at all the work that because you were basically doing the work of you said three people when COVID hit at your you know quote unquote real job they're both real jobs but you know what I mean your full your full time job and we had to dismantle that too because when you say you want something but then this other piece of your life you're constantly giving to it all the time and there's no space and time to actually sink into doing the things that you want to do that becomes a boundary issue. It's a you problem, not a them problem. And that was something that we really had to look at is where you could take responsibility for what was happening at work. So can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah. When, When we started working together, we were a couple of months into COVID and when COVID kicked We'd gone through a couple of restructures the year prior, which uh, those people who had been impacted had moved out. And I had taken on a whole new portfolio just as the restrictions hit in Australia and we were told to work from home. So I was learning a whole new area of business 
I was meeting new stakeholders and having to reach out to people I'd never met before. So I, I just went straight into my over-functioning doer mm-hmm. for a good couple of months before we started working together. So by the time we started working together, I remember leaving a Voxer for you one night saying, I can't wait to be the woman who is capable of of leaving work at five o'clock or stopping work at five o'clock. I was literally at home working all the time, picking the kids up, bringing them home, feeding them, putting them to bed, getting back onto the computer again just because it was the whole over overfunctioning to keep the the wheels turning and not feel like I was overwhelmed every day. And you responded to me in that Voxer to say, what's stopping you from being that woman now? It's all available to you. And I just started experimenting with the, like, and you were talking a lot to me about boundaries at the time. And I I just wasn't getting it to be honest. Like I thought I was getting it until I actually said, okay, well, if, if I need to, if I want to create the space to have the things that I want to have, who do I need to be to do that? And started experimenting with the boundaries around. It's like, okay, so I'm going to finish work every day between four or five and that's it. And that really also helped like from a, a doing perspective is just stop doing the, like I was so keeping myself busy with stuff that just didn't matter. And when I set myself my tasks for my job, uh, it allowed me just to tick the boxes, move through the work. And by 4 p.m. most days, I was like, great, let's get dinner on. Now I can go pick up the kids, relax a little bit. Now that took me a few months to get into a really good rhythm with that. And I noticed when work, because my work's very, it peaks and troughs and there's a lot of sort of intense negotiations that happen and then falls off and gets really quiet for a couple of weeks and rolls back in again. So being really conscious of how my work routines fluctuate allowed me to then go, okay, so I know when things are starting to heat up again, now I need to be really conscious of what I'm doing for myself. And if I'm caring for myself, I'm going straight back into that overdoing and getting myself into that loop again. So it was that awareness that really was created in in working with you and experimenting with what was happening in my work life that was uh, that gave me the ability just to watch what was happening and then go, oh, okay, pull back jump in, pull back, jump in. So it was really interesting. Because it really is. And this is, we can create awareness around these behaviors, right? When you came to me, I was just looking at your form and you said you're not aware of your people pleasing, over committing and this good girl kind of status that you were working from, right? So we can create awareness around it. But then what happens, you have to take this awareness and then you have to stare down the discomfort of the resistance Mm -hmm. around changing the behaviors. And this is what we were we well this is what I spend a lot of time on my clients with is holding them in that place of tension in resistance to create those new behaviors and it requires a lot of practice a lot of practice so when you are learning how to set boundaries and we were talking about your job you were taking on all this extra work and I said well at what point in time are you going to ask to be acknowledged for all this extra work because You've basically taken on the work of three people now and you've done it because, you know, you're, you're showing up for everybody, but what is it costing you to be doing all this work, all this extra work and not being compensated for it, not being acknowledged for what, you know, what is it that you really want on the other side? 
So you went back into work. I did with a fair bit of encouragement and a little bit of a push and an experimental (laughs) mindset, I think, that I'd been developing. And I had some really uncomfortable conversations around, you know, I was being acknowledged verbally a lot, but it was really about getting paid (laughs) at the end of the day. So what I learned from you was really about advocating for myself Mm -hmm. and I was able to use um, something else I learned from you was using data. A big thing that I learned from you was using data. And so what I did was, um, apart from having uncomfortable conversations with people who I admire and respect about paying me more money, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable for me, was I used the information that was available to me to, to demonstrate the amount of workload that I had taken on in that short period of time. And what that allowed me to do was really walk in with confidence to to back myself. Um, I already knew I was doing the work, but the numbers just blew it out of the water. And so they really had nothing to be able to come back and say no. Um, They could clearly see that I was doing the role of a senior person. There was promotions that had happened, you know, in years before for a lot less. So I basically just asked to be promoted and they said yes they gave you your promotion I got your new title really happy and so I came back to report to you and what did you say to me I said Carly that's amazing you got a promotion and you know how much extra did you get a raise yeah um I'm not I'm not sure So basically they gave you the promotion and I said well that's like them handing you a jar of air congratulations <laughs> and I was smacked in the face <laughs> I thought I did so well by having all of the level of discomfort and then oh hang on a minute what so again walked back in with my my Lisa on my shoulder <laughs> and asked asked for a pay rise Very which I got now I don't think I ended up getting the backdated pay but that was okay I was happy with the result that I achieved. Got the result. Was, and this, yeah. this is important because so often as women, we will settle for what we're given. Oh, I got the promotion. <laughs> I got I got the new name tag on the badge. Whereas, you know, what you were really looking for was financial compensation. And we forget that we can advocate for ourselves or we feel uncomfortable doing that. Like we're going to be taking something for them or we don't want to be the squeaky wheel or who are we? Whereas a man yeah. would never, a man would never think twice about asking for compensation and that was just such a powerful moment for you to really like hold on a second wait a minute you're right like they gave me a promotion but it means nothing yep it was a huge wake up huge wake I up. will never forget that because it would I just remember sitting there thinking like what like they can't give you more money and I I was oblivious to it, to be honest. And, and this this really sort of opened me up just to reflect back on other behaviours that was coming up in my life or had sort of, you know, supported me in the past or so I thought, you know, just the people-pleasing, the good girl, all of it. It was all just coming up to go, ah. Oh. And I never asked. I no. never asked beforehand. And this is, this is something that is very common with the women that I work with is they're so high functioning and they're happy to do the work. Like they care. 
And they're constantly throwing themselves under the bus and they forget that they can ask for what they want Mm -hmm. because oftentimes they identify with asking for what they want as being weak or needy or a bother instead of just saying, wait a minute, I'm allowed to ask for what I want. I'm allowed to have my needs met. I'm allowed to stand in my power. So it was really powerful for you to get to that place where you could start to say no to your work. Like, I can't take on another file right now. I don't have the availability for that. And there's no amount of money that you could pay me because these are the things that are important in my life. And you only have so much capacity. Yeah. Right. High functioning women, we want to believe that we have this unlimited capacity, but it comes at a cost. And that is very often to our physical well-being, which is another part of what you were working on, was really looking at how you were going to take better care of yourself, right? So I talk about self-care not as something you do, but as a as a way of being in relationship with yourself. And that really shifted for you, just looking at what you needed to feel good on a day-to-day basis, because you'd been using being busy and these behaviors like people-pleasing and you know over-committing as a way to numb yourself out and not really care for yourself. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Self-care has absolutely just become part of my life. It's who I am now, like in terms of resting, really paying attention to what's happening in my environment, you know, so I, I do a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, a lot of walking. I find that, you know, in the past where I would be in my, you know, lovely overdoing busyness, that I would really put any exercise. I mean, I've always been quite fit. So, you know, exercise was always on my agenda, but it had to fit into a particular box. And now when I feel, you know, if if things are building up or stress, whatever it is, I just get off my chair and go, Mm. go for a walk or I do a 20 minute yoga session or I do a meditation. Like I, I can, it's about connecting in with what I need in the moment and being really conscious of how I'm feeling. So that was absolutely, um, you know, part of connecting in with with myself. Would never have done it before. I mean, you know, it was always, oh, okay, 12 o'clock, I will go and do something. But now it's if I'm sitting in front of the computer for whatever period of time, go, okay, hang on a minute, I'm not, this isn't gelling here, it's not working, what do I need to do to get myself moving again? So whether it is meditation or a walk or something like that. So self-care has just become part of my habit. Negotiable. It's okay. Yeah, you were you were very much up in your head and disconnected mm-hmm. from your physical, spiritual, emotional body, very much in that masculine yeah. energy and not tapped into your feminine energy. Because so many of the women that I work with, they they see feminine energy again as that weak, needy, same type of thing as the energy around asking for help. But the key to really being a woman who is able to accomplish amazing things in her life and have a beautiful relationship with herself and others is you have to marry those energies of masculine and feminine. It's learning how to slow down and honoring that as a success strategy, right? So that you have more to give the doing activities. Yeah. And I think that was something that you've said to me a lot because I recognized really, you know, I've always known, but I recognized really early on that my masculine energy was super strong as lots of of women who 
who are in my circles have a very powerful masculine energy and and I wasn't acknowledging my feminine. I was pushing her her down. And one of the things that you really instilled in me and something that I really carry forward since we've, you know, finished our time together is that I was trying to kill my masculine. I was trying to kill my doer. You know, I was so far in the masculine that I, I, I wanted to remove that area of my life. And you're like, hang on a minute. No, no, the feminine can really, like it's it's what will harness the masculine yeah. and help drive you forward but and, and use all of the positives that what your masculine energy will drive you forward with. And I've really started to, I'm, now that I've been working on it for a little while, I can start to see the shifts and it's really having a massive impact in all areas of my life. Asking for help, allowing others to support me, all of those things, and especially with my relationship with my husband and my kids, I used to just control everything. Um, never thought that I was. Controllers <laughs> I know never do. A controller. But, um, yeah, and just really being able to have um, better conversations and talk about my needs and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a break. Yeah. I'm going to have a rest today. I'm going to read my book and really just leaning into at times where it felt really uncomfortable to ask, like not even to have to ask, can I take a break? But it was leaning into the feminine energy. I feel like I need to take a break. I feel like I'm just going to have the morning off, sit in bed with a cup of tea and I'm going to read my book. And my husband started to really notice that too. And he'd be like, okay, come on kids, let's go. And he'd really give me that opportunity just to relax and and enjoy it. So now I'm, we're starting to get the balance of energies happening a little bit better these days. It's so yeah. beautiful. It's never about killing the doer, right? No. We, we never want to take away our drive or ambition. It's changing the energy behind it because so often it comes from a place of not feeling good enough. And when yeah. you can bring in that feminine energy that does allow you to soften, slow down, care for yourself, those are acts of self-love, which gives then more, like, like I said, it's more energy to your doing. So that's why I say, you know, you can love love what you do, but love yourself more. Yeah. It's, it's not taking anything away. And I love hearing how it's impacted your relationship with your husband and your kids too, because what you said there was really powerful about you didn't realize you were a controller. And most people who are controlling don't see it as that. They see it as helping, fixing. Mm-hmm. They have this belief that it's easier for me to do it myself. I can mm-hmm. do it better. I know better for you. Yeah. Like <laughs> they literally believe that they know what's right for everyone. And I know that was really challenging for you to learn how to take your hands off of other people's problems and fixing other people's problems and allowing them to be in their stuff. This also included your hubby, letting him be 100%. where he was at. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, you know, I guess I've always been, you know, I'm, I've always been a really driven person and quite, you know, open to personal development and my husband's just not. So there was a lot of pushing um, earlier on. There's been pushing throughout our whole relationship and I I felt like ever since I sort of started really looking at myself and the behaviours that I was bringing out into the world, I went, oh, my God, like you could really, it was a real mirror to how his behaviours were coming out as a reflection of how I was behaving. And so being able to take my hands off, not being so controlling, 
it's really helped me to relax expectations as well because I do as a driven person I um, have really high expectations of myself and they blow out onto everybody else as well my poor husband at times bore he bore the brunt of it and so being able to really take you know really take it back inward and actually look at how I was showing up has allowed him to really step up as well so um it's all a work in progress, Lisa. It's, it's a powerful thing when we realize, and it's so humbling, that, yeah. oh, my God, they might not be the problem. Yeah. I Like the problem that I'm looking for is with me. It's not in changing who they are. That becomes a place of accepting who they are. Mm. And you don't have to like everything about them to accept them. Like your no. hubby and my hubby have a very different energy than you and I do but it's allowing them to be where they're at and understanding they're in our lives for a purpose and they're reflecting back some beautiful things for us. So instead of making them wrong saying, well, what did they have that I actually need to sink into a little bit, right? Pointing that finger back at yourself. So it's just really, really powerful how you are able to soften in your relationship and see it through a different lens, because that was a real, source of pain and suffering for you for a long time. Like if he would just change, then everything in my marriage would feel good and feel better. And it was never about that. Nope. Nope. And look, it's, it's not all right. Rainbows and roses. Mm, Um, But no, it never is. Uh, You know, but we, the love and the relationship that we do have has really held us together there's still work to be done. Absolutely. There'll always be work to be done. But this, this is all about rediscovering who we are right. as individuals, who we are as a couple, who knows what will unfold as time goes. Right. But at least I'm not attached to how that's going to look anymore. And I think that's really where my suffering was held for such a long time. I was just holding on to the past, holding on to what things should look like, <laughs> which is a word that I'm throwing out <laughs> these yeah. days. And you were you were literally keeping yourself in purgatory, hundred percent. And I could forward, yeah. couldn't go backwards. And uh, you know, we we did some things that were pretty disruptive that allowed you to shift out of that. And I won't go into that, but you know, one of the things that I really loved about you is you always showed up really open and curious and willing in all of our sessions, like you were willing to just say, Oh, okay. If that's what you want me to try, (laughs) I'll go try it. And you were always willing to take responsibility for your part. And it was just a really beautiful thing to witness what you were able to accomplish in, in six months time from, you know, (laughs) from really getting your business off the ground to watching your relationship with your partner, find some peace, to looking at what you were able to step into, because I now know that you are doing some coaching inside Lisa Kordoff's room, which is really amazing. You're able to give back and share your experiences and your perspective now, having been deep in this work and been in the discomfort. And that's one thing that I really look for and that can drive me a little bit crazy in the coaching world is I see a lot of people doing this work who haven't done the work on themselves. So they're asking other people to really walk through their resistance and discomfort if they haven't really dipped their toe into what that feels like. And you have, and there's such a 
you know, to be able to lead from that place of integrity, to be able now to go into Lisa's room and support the women in there without trying to fix them, caretake them, you know, all that stuff, just ask them the hard questions, allow them to see themselves. It's just really beautiful to see how far you've come. It's when I sat back and reflected, it was pretty powerful just to realize how far I actually have come and and to see what's available and what's possible now. The fact of being asked to support women in Lisa Cordas programs who I adore and love the work that she's doing. That's that's why I started digging into myself and yeah. and realizing what <laughs> what sort of a mess I was sitting in. It's really beautiful to see other women who are stepping into those containers and that are actually backing themselves. I have no a lot of people, and I certainly didn't when I stepped into this space. I'm like, well, what's going to happen? No idea what I'm going to lift the covers off here. Yeah. But just that courage to step forward and to really just have a look at what's going on. If you want to make change, change is available to you. So it's been, yeah, it's been a really exciting um, journey. That's why I love one-to-one coaching and it's not to poo-poo on any group stuff because I think, you know, part of my journey started out in, you know, group coaching and and group therapy and then I moved to -to one-to-one coaching. But I really do believe that eventually most people get to that place where in order to get to where they want to be, they need to make the leap into one-to-one coaching because you simply can't hide. And when you're doing group coaching and you're, you know, somewhat self, it's a self-exploration, you're Mm -hmm. only going to see what you're willing to allow yourself to see. And you're always going to have blind windows. And I, I see right through, I see right, I saw right through yours. I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what needed to shift for you in order to get to where you are. So I'm just so, I just, I love your journey. I love everything you've accomplished. I love seeing how your life is unfolding and how it's impacted you. It it was just such an honor and pleasure to support you in that way. Well, I wouldn't be where I I am without you, Lisa. So you did did the work, Carly. There was, I don't know if we touched on this at the beginning, but when I stepped into that container with you, I was looking at a, I think, no, we did touch on this, didn't we? I was looking at going down a pathway, but that would have actually been a really easy way for me to avoid what was going on for me more internally. And you really didn't. <laughs> when you're sitting in a one-to-one session for an hour, you cannot hide. You're not you're sort of protected by anybody else that's sitting in that space. And yeah. And you as a one-on-one coach have been instrumental to allowing me to open, oh, a bit of emotion coming up there. <laughs> yeah, it's been very powerful. It's a lot. You did an amazing job, you know, and that's, that's the thing that I really want people to hear is for women like you, for women like me, so often we've never had that container or that one-to-one space where we can just let down all our guards and allow ourselves to be seen and heard and, you know, witnessed in all the mess, the tears, the tantrums, the resistance, everything, and know that you're supported, that you're fully supported. And in having that, you know, you made the decision to give yourself that space. And that's how I feel about my coach. Like, I'm not investing in my coach, I'm investing in myself, I'm giving myself what I need to thrive. So to see what you've been able to create for yourself is really like, 
it's breathtaking. And I can't, I can't wait to see where you're going to be in another six months or in another year from now. And if we compared that to where you would have been, had you not done this work, right? Had you gone down the rabbit hole of that course, no more shit that you didn't need to know. All the rubbish. (laughs) Create what you created without it, because that's the truth. Like you had everything you needed. You just needed to the support to let go of the busy work so you could really get committed to what you want and look at what was getting in the way. So is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you're like, oh, I need to talk about this, Lisa? Probably just by being in a container with you, the opportunity to step in like your program weight loss from within, huge shifts for me by doing that. You know, I, I didn't step into to that space because I had a, you know, any, well, any thoughts or awareness around issues with my body, but really that program was quite intense in terms of its journaling prompts every day or weekdays for 30 days. And what I learned about myself in there was how disconnected I really was from myself, but how I was able to really build my, my relationship with myself to the point now where I actually have lost some weight I'm, you know, I've seen a naturopathic doctor, I'm dealing with some hormonal issues that, you know, again, had been creating problems for me for quite some time, but, you know, not enough to move me to action. And so just really eating better foods and making choices around what I'm consuming in my world, uh, that program really opened me up to that. And I think that, you know, for anybody, it's, it's not about losing weight. It's, really about connecting with the relationship that you're having with yourself and when you can understand a little bit more about what's going on there sky's the limit right because so many women don't recognize the stories that they're telling themselves about their bodies and that's actually why that program is being revamped and rebranded because it really has nothing to do about weight loss and the you know when I first downloaded that program you know, my business was in a different place. I was talking about things in a different way. And I think for me as a coach, I've been afraid to swim away from the shore of weight loss because that was such a huge part of my business for so many years. But it's really not about that. The women who are perfect for that are those who are really wanting to heal the relationship with their body, connect with themselves better. So there's a whole tearing down, burning down process going on again. But you know what? It's, it feels fun and light and easy because I know the power of that work and it's just, you know, it's just a matter of tweaking and changing. So I love that you went through it. That's kind of, you know, I want to want clients go through all, they get everything thrown at them. So it was awesome having you part of that. The only other thing that I would say is if you're even considering toying with one-on-one coaching to open up to even just having one session with Lisa, because it's that one hour is really powerful. Yeah, let alone <laughs> a whole six months. But, you know, just one hour will be enough to kick you into whatever direction you need to be kicked into with a beautiful true. big hug as well. <laughs> it's she's an ass kicker, but she's a pretty good ass kicker. <laughs> lovingly, lovingly disruptive is what it's, I like. There we go, lovingly, lovingly disruptive. Lovingly disruptive. But, yeah, it. those even, a, even an hour session. People don't like think, what could you possibly do in an hour? But they are meant to, like I show up, like 
okay, let's see what's here. And then we go from there. So anyways, we'll link up everything in the show notes. You know, if you're interested in doing that, where you can sign up for a call and because everybody goes through a single session before I even consider working with people, because not everybody is ready to do this work. Not everybody is ready to do this work. And you are such a testament of when you are ready to do this work and you're ready to kind of hand yourself over 100% and say, let's see what's here. Even though I am scared shitless of what I might find, that's when the magic happens. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, Carly. I think it's going to really help a lot of people and resonate with other women who are listening, who might be afraid to look at their own stuff, but to see what's possible and what you've created is just amazing. So thank you so much for sharing this time with me. Thank you so much for having me. Love you lots. I love you too. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you again for tuning in. You know me, so you know I like to ask disruptive questions. So here's one for you. How much significant and lasting transformation do you believe you can experience in just one hour? When you book a one hour transformational call with me, this is exactly what you'll discover. I know it sounds impossible that just 60 minutes could radically impact your life, but my clients who are probably women just like you can vouch for just how significant that 60 minutes was to their lives. If you're tuning into this podcast regularly, this is what I already know about you. You're smart, you're hardworking, you're ambitious, and to an outsider, you probably look like you have it all together. A successful career, you might be an entrepreneur or a CEO, or juggling a picture-perfect family. Everything that society says makes a woman successful. But you don't feel like you've got it all together. I'd love for you to consider that you might be incredibly successful and yet not see yourself as successful. In fact, for many of my clients, it takes me pointing out what they've achieved for them to see it for themselves. Most of the women I work with have never taken the time to pause and acknowledge their accomplishments because they're too busy focusing on the next thing they want to get after. I often joke that they set such high bars for themselves, but as soon as they get close to reaching them, they simply raise the bar. It's a never ending cycle that perpetuates the story you might be telling yourself that wants you to believe you're not there yet, wherever you think there is. More often than not, these same women genuinely believe they haven't done enough and haven't earned the right to call themselves successful. You might be just like many of my clients and love setting and accomplishing goals have no problem getting things done, you know what it means to embrace the hustle and working your ass off might be your status quo. The women who seek me out for coaching have begun to realize that no amount of doing is going to give them the feeling of fulfillment they're looking for. What makes this realization even more painful is the acknowledgement that all the doing is having a significant impact on their physical and emotional well-being. You might be saying you're ready to take better physical care of yourself, have more quality time with your family, maybe make more money with less effort, stop feeling so exhausted, and simply stop caring so much about what other people think, or worse yet, judging yourself at every turn. You know what you want, and you know you should be able to get it done. 
so why aren't you able to just make it happen? The deep gut level knowing that you need to make a change in your life has nothing to do with how much you've accomplished on paper or how successful you might appear to someone looking at you from the outside. Nor will change come from just trying harder, pushing more, or beating yourself up with shoulds. You just know something doesn't feel right. And if you're willing to be honest with yourself, you probably already know what needs to change and what you need to stop avoiding. If you're listening to me thinking, how is Lisa in my head right now and able to articulate exactly what I've been feeling? Here's what I would ask you to consider. The most successful people I know have all reached a point where they decided to get one-to-one support. It doesn't matter how many self-development books you read or how many group courses you take. Nothing compares to -to one-to-one coaching. It's the difference between taking a bus across the country versus hopping on an airplane. Both will help you reach your destination, but the speed at which transformation is possible with a one-to-one coach is undeniable. You're not destined to run like a machine day after day, never stopping to look yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, and ask what it is you need. You need a breakthrough. But one-to-one coaching is not for you if you're committed to your suffering, victimhood, and the bullshit holding you back. This is not for you if you refuse to be open to change. It's also not for you if you want a quick fix or you are only willing to go kicking and screaming into new habits and behaviors. But if you are sick of wading through the chaos and the exhaustion and pretending it's all fine, if you recognize that some massive disruption might be just what you need to overcome comparisonitis and self-defeating head trash, If you're done with trying the same stuff that just isn't working over and over, such as overworking, being busy, undereating, overeating, overcomplicating life, numbing out with social media, drinking, Netflix, or trying to solve everyone else's problems instead of focusing on your own, or maybe you're done searching for the next business or self-help or parenting or relationship program to fix your problem because you've finally begun to realize that you are the common denominator. And if you are ready to turn inward and be radically honest with yourself, I'm here to support you. Apply for a one hour transformational breakthrough call with me today. We'll go deep into what's keeping you trapped and how you can overcome it to achieve a life you feel good living with the physical and emotional well-being you desire. And if you're thinking, Lisa, this sounds uncomfortable, you're right. But what is it costing you to live with the current level of discomfort you're tolerating? And how much longer are you willing to endure feeling the way you're feeling? If nothing changes, nothing changes. It's your choice. When you say yes, all I ask is that you show up with honesty, curiosity, bravery, and an openness for what will be 60 minutes of your life that will change you in ways you will soon discover. Go to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM today to apply for your call. Space is limited and I can't wait to hear from you.